know, it was just a dumping ground for uh, garbage. I mean, people just dumped garbage all the time. I mean, truckloads of garbage. And you'd get up in the morning and we'd look out the window and there's a pile of garbage. Damn near every day. And the city, you know, was, well, yes, we'll come and pick it up. But they had a lot to pick up throughout all of Oakland. So it might take a day or two to have them pick it up. And by that time, it was like a magnet. <laughs> and the, the pile got higher and higher. And I often wondered if we didn't call in, just how high would it get before it was too high? You know, six feet, eight feet high in some instances with mattresses and refrigerators. And Lou and I were discussing it one evening and she came up with the idea. She said, well, why, why don't we put a boot over it in that space just to see what would happen? And I said, well, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not. They just wreck it. You know, they graffiti it or they break it or they steal it. And she said, well, no, why don't we just try it? You know. This is the podcast, Creative at the Wheel, and I'm Julie Clare. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. Today, our guest is Dan Stevenson, Dan Stevenson III, living in Oakland, California. I've known Dan for many years and have been following the story of the Buddha on 11th Avenue since the beginning in 2009, all the way back there. And what I see is the most beautiful story of transformation, in this case, the transformation of a neighborhood and everyone who lives there. I've read different versions of the story of the Buddha on 11th, um, from Bay Area print and televised news reports to a Dharma school sharing this story with their children. But it all started with Dan and his wife, Lou, and an inspiration. So I can think of no better way to start my 2022 Creative at the Wheel podcast and by having Dan share this beautiful story with us. What can we learn? How might we all find creative ways to deal with some of our problems we're looking at in a way maybe that really, really surprises us? Uh, so welcome in, Dan. Well, thank you, Julie Claire. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, the journey of the life of the Buddha on 11th Avenue, it's been folding for a while. Um, you know, can you just share who you are and, and why you're even telling this story, what it is, you know, where you are in Oakland and how this, how you can set the story up for us? Oh, sure. I mean, like, uh, I've been in Oakland for, uh, many years now, um, and, uh, lived in different parts of Oakland at different times. Uh, but when Lou and I bought this particular Victorian in uh, the, the, this neighborhood, which is the kind of like, I'm not sure what they call it uh, in terms of uh, uh, East East Lake or something, <clears throat> because everything kind of centers around Lake Merritt, which is a, a lake in, in the downtown area that's kind of like a magnet for anything cultural. Um, so we're east of that. and. Um, it's, it's a great little neighborhood, but when we moved into it, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago or something, it was a little, um, um, it was better than where we moved from. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> a really a rough area, uh, kind of fun, but you had to watch out. 
Um, but this was a, you know, a, technically a better neighborhood um, to move into. And we found the place, or Lou found the place, and I wasn't exactly excited about moving, but uh, it looked like a good, you know, good thing to do. So we did. And the neighborhood was basically, it's a mixed neighborhood, which is an advantage to us anyway. And there's everybody here. I mean, every culture, every um, uh, sexual orientation, every everything is in this neighborhood. And it just sits here, you know, and fairly quiet in terms of a lot of Oakland neighborhoods. I mean, there's still gunshots and all that stuff, which is just like... Um, Somewhat normal, you get used to it. As long as it's not close to you, you feel okay. And the neighborhood was uh, fine, except at some point to slow traffic down in Oakland, they decided to put these diverters, which made the streets not a through street, but um, a block. So you came down the street, you had to turn and you had to zigzag through the neighborhood. Uh, to get any place because otherwise they drag raced and drove crazy and all of that. And they still do that, but it's just on this street, they can't. And in that particular uh, division between the two, uh, two parts of 11th, um, all, you know, it was just a dumping ground for uh, garbage. I mean, people just dumped garbage all the time. I mean, truckloads of garbage and you get up in the morning and we'd look out the window and there's a pile of garbage damn near every day and the city you know was well yes we'll come and pick it up but they had a lot to pick up throughout all of oakland so it might take a day or two to have them pick it up and by that time it was like a magnet <laughs> and the, the pile got higher and higher and i often wondered if we didn't call in just how high would it get before it was too high, but we never, <laughs> we never tried it. We just thought, you know, like this is ridiculous because it was, you know, six feet, eight feet high in some instances with mattresses and refrigerators and crap. Anyway, so Lou and I were discussing it one evening and she came up with the idea. She said, well, why, why don't we put a Buddha over in that space just to see what would happen? And I said, well, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not. Yeah, they'd just wreck it. You know, they'd graffiti it or they'd break it or they'd steal it. And she said, well, no, why don't we just try it? You know, so we went off to Ace Hardware and uh, got ourselves a little statue of Buddha. He's probably a, oh, 18 inches high, maybe 20, maybe, yeah, something like that. And he's just a concrete Buddha, a garden statuary type Buddha, nothing particularly, just concrete. But uh, there were several of them. So Lou went about finding the facial expression on, even though they're made in casts, mass produced. If you look, <laughs> this is something you can spare, spend time with. If you look at their faces, no matter, they've all come from the same company in the way, there's a different facial expression on them uh, at different, just quirks. Anyway, she goes through and finds the one she liked the expression the best, thought it was most meaningful. And I I liked it. Um, so we, we packed it up and the heavy little sucker. 
and uh, put it in the truck and, and took it back to the house. And then I put it in the basement because we had to install it. But my fear, because of everything else, uh, is we'd put it over there and somebody would steal it. And it was heavy, but they do crazy things. You know? So it took me about, oh, maybe a month and a half have it sitting in the basement, stumbling over it, um, until I figured out that if I drilled into a rock that was over there and drilled into Buddha without cracking him, I could put a piece of rebar, I actually put three pieces of rebar in him and epoxy him down to the rock. So it'd be just impossible without destroying him to remove him. So, you know, I get an extension cord and it's about 80 feet or something from the house and I roll it out there and, you know, start drilling in the rock. Nobody, of course, notices. You know, it's just like, oh, somebody's drilling the rock. Uh, hey, that was one of my first questions yeah. was, uh, didn't anybody come up to you when you're drilling into basically a city installation? Oh, no, no, no. I don't even yeah. know if they noticed. Uh, yeah. Honestly. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of live and let live in a sense. You know, yeah. I don't get in other people's business. And, you know, I had, a, um, you know, working clothes on and it, I, they could have assumed I was from the city. You know, nobody. Why would somebody do this? You know? <laughs> So it's not like, a, oh, my God, there's a crime happening. It's like some worker doing something that, you know, anyway. Bottom line is that I got them drilled in and put in without anybody really noticing. And I had put them in a space where the plants were very high because I thought if he was hidden in there, maybe his energy would go out, but nobody would screw around with it. So um, about a month into it, and it, it wasn't exposed really kind of thing because it was a uh, summertime and it was o- overabundant. They didn't really clean the area very often. So they're big plants and stuff. He's sitting under the plants. And I go out to check him one day and, and there's somebody had tried to chip the bottom of him to remove him. But oh they, my gosh. they finally gave up because <laughs> there's just no way without dynamite would they get that damn thing out. So I had to, you know, I had to repair it a little bit with caulking and stuff to put it back in. But that was the last of any kind of anything. And then all of a sudden, uh, winter came and the plants all died back. And out of nowhere to most neighbors, there's a Buddha sitting there. Nobody had noticed it before because it was covered up. And but I didn't say I did it. You know, I didn't say anything. I thought, well, it'll be what it is. And once that happened, once it was exposed and sitting there, somebody came along. uh, Later, I found out it was Vietnamese, but uh, somebody came along and painted it white. Just so the concrete turned to white and started to leave um, offerings, little all kinds of stuff, coins, uh, little flowers, uh, food, you know, oranges, apples, blah, 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 blah. just stuff like that. And then the next couple of days, those would disappear and a new set would be taken, brought in, you know? And I thought, I never saw anybody do it, but then I had to laugh because nobody saw me do it either. So it was was kind of a mystical thing. Nobody saw nothing, but it was continuing growing kind of, you know, getting more, the, the offerings got bigger. 
So, um, you know, finally, uh, somebody uh, figured out that I had, you know, Lou and I had done this, but I physically had done it. And um, they passed that off to the, the Vietnamese community. And one day, this couple comes knocking at the door, say, asking if they could build a little house around the Buddha. And they, it's very difficult because they literally spoke so little English. And my Vietnamese is not exactly stellar uh, to non-existent. Um, so I explained to them that they could do anything they wish because it's not mine, it's the community. So it's there. If you want to build a little house around it, that'd be great. Uh, so uh, go right ahead. From that point, um, it came the first little house, then a little bigger house, then a larger house, then four houses. <laughs> it's just, and I'm talking, uh, if you look at photographs, it's, it's amazing from literally a concrete Buddha sitting on a rock to what it is now. It's like awestruck. Uh, I, it wasn't even in Lou's or my conception that this could be this. It, and still is going. Yeah, and at that point, was it really this couple's energies or was it or did the neighborhood get in or did it start pretty singular? I mean, well, they it, just jumped in. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to, you know, hard to determine that. Yeah. But the the the, the uh, telltale sign, I suppose, is when the city had a complaint, one complaint, you know, we, we have garbage up to your and, and the garbage had, by this time had stopped because Bulu was sitting there and he was taken care of. So people just quit dumping, uh, not to mention the prostitutes and the drug stuff that was going on in the same corner that dwindled away, too. Because yeah, what, what, what was the progression of that? When did that when did that start slowing? Or what did you notice that? Because that's really the transformation, right? The but, garbage oh, corner. Yeah, because yeah. it kind of um, it, it kind of worked with what Lou's first, first concept was of shifting the energy, uh, because. That that as soon as Buddha was exposed, as soon as that uh, the the summer, uh, you know, the winter came, uh, and and all the plants had died out and stuff, and he was sitting there. Uh, from that point on, um, it started to slowly change. It wasn't a, like everybody just stopped, but yeah. The, what was the first change you saw? What what did you notice? Um, the the. Uh, um, Garbage became less. It never, it, it still was there. I still had to call on them. The city had to come out and do it. But it was quite a bit less. It just didn't appear uh, as often or as high uh, over a period of time. And as the time went on and uh, the community, or especially uh, this Vietnamese couple, um, you know, increased its its uh, presence. Um, it slowly eliminated it completely. I mean, it was just people just didn't dump there anymore. The prostitutes and the the hanger honors and the street gangy type um, were there for a little bit longer, but they too, as soon as people started to come to the Buddha just to stand there when they're walking their dogs or something, the traffic became a lot. M more um, uh, obvious and the people that are doing that 
drug prostitute stuff kind of moved on somewhere else because there's too many people out. Before it was kind of like just a a dead end street, except it had a way out, you know. But once- well, I want to, I'm going to interrupt because yeah. one of the things I was reading is that, and I know this has been going for so many years, this is a small detail, but I was intrigued when I think I read that you had said that the trash, um, after it became visible start, it, it kept going, but it was further away from the Buddha. Like it actually shifted a little bit, uh, where the piles were. And I was just curious if, if that's true. I mean, did you, did it kind of, were people kind of avoiding the Buddha when they kept throwing trash down, but they saw the Buddha. Yeah. I mean, it moved, you know, um, it moved further away. This, this is a, the medium strip is, you know, uh, crosses the street in a kind of a curvature way. And they, they, and the Buddha's kind of in, uh, on the right, right side-ish of this, this, uh, the uh, division. And, it kept moving left. The garbage kept moving left. And then pretty soon it crossed the sidewalk to another little space where people could put their stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, but then now it's very rare, uh, if anything, except there's street garbage. I mean, you know, somebody throws out their burger and shit and the wind blows it in the, you know, but the neighbor, right. the neighbors, uh, the Vietnamese pick it up and clean it and sweep it and all that. Uh, but also do other neighbors, uh, you know, if they see it, they just pick it up. I mean, everybody kind of picks up after the Buddha and it's, it's just so we've of, got, we, we start with this kind of shift with the, um, diversion, right. And then we have all this garbage, this huge loads, and then you put this Buddha there and then it gets uncovered. I love that. The kind of appearance of Buddha in the winter or whatever, without all the foliage. And then the garbage starts getting put a little further away. And then you see it even moving across the sidewalk. And then there's these different iterations. It sounds like the, the buildings start getting bigger and bigger. And now there's eventually four of them. Um, so w- when was it that you go, wow, this, this has really changed. Was that pretty like within the first six months or did it take a couple of years before you actually felt the change for well, you I, living there? Yeah. So, no, within the first six months, it was obvious that something was, something was going on because it just, the, the volume was way down and, and uh, uh, it just, you know, it's a hard thing because, you know, I'm not standing there every day, monitoring, right, right. you know, but I just, you know, everyone started to notice that the garbage seemed to be not as prevalent anymore. Yeah. And it just over a period of time, it just completely disappeared, you know, but it could have been a year within a yeah. year, it was gone. Uh, it took the street people a little bit longer, but not a whole bunch. And um, but, you know, the, the thing about the, the street people, in most cases, they're just people doing their style of life. They, they don't hassle anybody or they didn't. And they still don't. Now, it's a it's a growing thing recently because of some people moved in that had <laughs> um, some hanger oners, I guess. And so that. Uh, the prostitutes are back on the minimal, you know, because they're all over the place, but uh, minimally. And, uh, you know, there's more um, uh, standards, surrounders kind of, uh, except now because it's so damn cold. But they don't hurt. You know, they're mostly guys and they just hang and right. talk and drink beer and whatever. They don't usually get rowdy. 
and you can walk through them and you don't get hassled or anything. They don't care if you're there. And I, you know, I personally don't care if they're there. Right. Uh, it's not my thing, but uh, they, they don't do anything to say, Hey, you've got to get out of here. Uh, they can be there. You know, it's their city too. And they just do it differently. So it's a live and let live almost kind of thing. If they got hostile or started to cause trouble, I'd call the cops. Maybe, right. you know, maybe, or at least try to talk to them before I call the cops. Cause I, but I, I want to get back to the transformation. Cause I'm yes. sitting here going, wait a minute. Last time I visited, there's, there's like uh, music and there's incense and there's people. So tell us the story of how this started being used, this <laughs> temple, because you're saying the Vietnamese couple took it over. But I think part of the relevant relevance of them being Vietnamese is that it was a particular kind of Buddhism that that was being practiced with the Buddha. Right. I mean, what what happened? It's not just that you had four buildings. There's a whole culture around this thing going on. So what happened over the years? Because it's crazy when I'm yeah. there. It's like a whole little it's all it's, it's a, a monument. Book. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, situation. I mean, like uh, this couple now have, have moved to Florida with their son. So they're no longer here. But his sister is running the joint now or doing the main cleanups and stuff. And, you know, but the neighborhood has everybody within the immediate area of the Buddha has the uh, the keys to because. Henry, Henry, before, uh, after a while, there was some vandalism. And it's actually very little vandalism has ever happened to this place. It's almost unbelievable in the city to not have somebody screw around with it. Uh, they just don't. Uh, you know, occasionally, a kind of a crazy yelling person will uh, try to do something. But uh, the neighborhood pretty much watches out for it the best they can, you know, and always you know checks on it yeah and but um what was your question but how did it become uh, a t- it became like oh, a temple yeah yeah uh, well as, as it started to grow you know uh the the uh, buddhist um one of the buddhist uh, um i know the what you call them um uh, organizations because there's a lot of different kinds of buddhists and stuff yeah uh kind of because Henry and Vina went to that particular one, they started to come more regularly and do um, the priests would come there and do things around new years and, or, you know, uh, uh, Chinese new years and um, um, on full moon, because that's how they, their calendar works in, in Asia, uh, they had celebrations and stuff and 50, a hundred people would show up and, um, uh, you know, pray and they're all in their kind of robes and stuff. And they'd put chairs out in the street and then they'd have monitors to keep the cars from running, running over the people. Which See, I now, how did they do that? Because that is not that big there. And I always wondered, how did they get all those people on the street and still have cars? Where cars would still drive through, but people would. Well, at least, uh, yeah, yeah. They'd still drive through, but it was really slow. They, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, uh, pretty uh pretty amazing in its own right way. so so these there'd be all these chairs on the street there'd be a monitor so that people wouldn't get run over and slow right. the traffic and, down and, there'd and, be like yeah and they'd go through you know kind of an hour and a half ceremony like you know like church except a buddhist church i guess right and they'd do whatever it is and ring the bell and chant and all this it's, it sounded pretty you know uh and I, of course 
they would always invite Lou and I to come and uh, join them, you know, but we uh, never really, we, I think we did it once, but, <laughs> you know, uh, it's not our thing. Um, but it just, you know, um, that particular thing grew uh, fairly large. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, but it still hadn't, all the buildings hadn't come up. It was still just the Buddha and his little house at, at that time. And then the, they, we got a complaint or they, the city got a complaint that this was on uh, public property. Therefore, you can't have a religious, ah. <laughs> a religious thing. You know, so they're <laughs> going to sue the city if it wasn't removed. You know? And that's when it, everything came together. Because as soon as uh, somebody came and knocked on my door and said, there's somebody from the city that says they're going to take out the Buddha. And I said, okay. And so I went out to talk to the guy, really nice guy, bureaucratic dude, you know, who's working the city. Uh, nothing, you know, but he just said, look, if you can get a hold of the people that put in the Buddha <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and they could remove it, then we won't have to come and jackhammer it out. And I said, well, that might be hard to do, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. And so he drives off. And I get on the computer immediately and send out a thing to all the neighbors and said, the city's trying to take down the Buddha. <laughs> From then on, it was just bedlam. Uh, the city had more, more cantankerous people calling them and rate, berating them for the, even the idea of something positive in Oakland being taken out. And it got to the point where, and they tried everything. They said, well, you know, it's a religious thing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I installed it and I'm not religious and it has nothing to do with that. And I said, it has to do with Buddha rep represents calm and peaceful. I said, I'd have put rice there if, if it would have worked, but he's too hostile you know, to the public. You know, they, everybody would get upset if Jesus was there because, oh my God, Christianity or not Christianity. And I'd have, Buddha, from my frame of reference, is a calm little dude that sits in the garden and, you know, calms things down. That's the position of this, this Buddha. Now, you can call it anything you want, religion or not. Right. You know, but I don't. And I put him in, you know, so uh, do that what you want. But uh, the, the, you know, the community around it is not going to stand for it. And they went to. And this was getting on the news at that point, right? This was on TV. It's this on was, TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a. Yeah. Uh, it's like the fight for the Buddha. Yeah. And so, so yeah. they tried the religious angle. What else did they try? Or dangerous angle, probably. Well, yeah. They went for the the next thing. They went for the oh, you know, it's too dangerous. And uh, you know, I said, if you haven't noticed, crossing the street, even in a crosswalk in this city, is dangerous. You've got to look out for yourself. Now, I'm sure that the Buddhists are grown up enough to look out for themselves. Uh, I don't think that's a real issue. And many people joined in kind of thing. The pressure was on the city. So finally, the, the mayor called me and said, look, if you would quit having stories about the Buddha, you know, be uh, uh, interviews and things, I think this could calm down. And then I said, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. People come to me and ask me questions. I, I'm not pursuing anything. I just as soon have it calmed down too. You know, I, right. I'm not into this. Um, so she finally said, well, uh, I'll see what I can do, blah, blah, blah. 
So eventually they came up with a <laughs> perfect city, city solution. They were going to put it all under advisement. And that's where it still stands after all, the, all these years. It's still Great. under advisement, but nobody's touched it. You know. and, and as far as I know, nobody's gotten run into. Nobody's no, got no, right. No, and ever. and then it became after that, it sounds like it got bigger. So more of the buildings showed up. Oh, more building. Uh, Henry, uh, an amazing uh, guy. Um, and, and and Vina, his wife, as, as well. I mean, they they open, they used to open it every morning, close it every night. And what happened is that they put their, these uh, uh, security gates on across the face of the buildings because people were coming in and, and screwing around with stuff. Um, so they, it had to have been open and shut. Kind of well, they leave and go to Florida. And now the community, the neighbors around here, all have keys and they've divided up the, the workload. So certain ones on certain weeks open it and close it, blah, 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 blah. Wow. And then his, uh, Vina's, uh, or, or Henry's sister comes in with her friends or her, you know, and they tidy up and clean and change the flowers and move the fruit and stuff. Yeah. Because now there's flowers. There's, I saw, isn't it Quan Yin? There's, Quan Yin, so, uh, yeah. there's uh, different statues. There's things. There's yeah. like furniture. Oh, there's, oh, there's all kinds. Yeah. <laughs> there's things. And, and a lot of these things. They're little I mean, temples. Yeah. yeah there, there are four little temples. You know, there was a, on the far right little temple you know there's a the kind of the protector god that protects the place you know and he's he's sitting there in this grandeur and and then it's lit up i mean like they've got flashing lights and oh i mean uh, these things that sometimes you see in restaurants that the lights blink in a circle so they blink 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 blink, blink, blink kind of yeah. flash and stuff <laughs> it's just um it's like uh, some evenings, um, you know, if I pay attention and now it's not as bad as it used to be, but on the bedroom, part of the bedroom wall uh, is this blinking, blinking because it's a reflection from the Buddha. And it, oh I, I think, I think Lou and I are living in the motel six or something. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what is that on the wall? And this, and the Buddha blinking all night. Now we just, don't even notice it, but I was just like, but I just didn't have the heart to go over and say, Hey, turn off this light. You know, I thought, ah, I'll get used to it. So we did. Yeah. What was so it when you, when you experienced this? So now it's, it's, uh, it's, it's sitting there, right? So it just has been that way for since 2009. So we're talking 12 years, right? Almost 13 years. Yeah. And, uh, now there's a little bit of action on the street, but still not the dumping, still not the garbage. Oh, and it's still it's pretty mild. Absolutely yeah. nothing compared to what it was. Nothing I mean, compared to what. And so what's your sense of it? What does it give you? What's your sense of people involved? Like even people in the neighborhood, is there a memory of what it used to be? Is that part of the delight, uh, or the willingness to take care of these kind of shrines or what's, what's the mood that, that pervades there now? Well, I, I think there's a, 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 a lot of tighter, tighter community around this. Um, but there's, there's so many people that visit this thing every day that it's, it's hard to, I mean, they're, they come from all over the world. The tour bus stops and everybody gets out and takes. No, are you kidding me? No, no, that's the tour bus stops. (laughs) Oh yeah. The bicycle groups come through, you know, the organized bicycle groups and they all stop and take pictures. 
you, you think it, you think you were in Japan or something. It's, it's, and then plus there's continuous, just continuous, continuous people stopping, getting out of their cars, praying there for five or six minutes, coming in, jumping in their car. It's just like a Grand Central Station. It's it's, it's amazing, you know, and it's uh, it just seems to go, you know, and it's very, very calming kind of a place. You know? And then uh, occasionally somebody comes along and and, you know, does some stupid thing. But they're kind of there's some mental people here that have some real issues. Yeah. That, you know that and they're all over the place in Oakland, but uh, that will come through and, and try to reach in and do something or other. But yeah, they're, they're pretty much if we had some kind of a mental health um, clinic that people could be helped with, that would end that. But we don't. We have to yeah. spend our money on something. I don't know what. But the well, you know, it's no. funny is, is I'm picturing the tour buses, picturing the people stopping by, and I'm thinking of the energy shift because of the transformation and and uh, from the downtrodden kind of gar- really bottom of the bottom to this where people are stopping by and praying. I mean, what I hear is reverence. Uh, what I hear is, um, gosh, like you said, coming together. There's a, a we to the, a we to that area now, not just, um, every man for himself. I mean, the shift feels kind of, I don't know. It feels like all of that, lots of energies. Shift, yeah. It's, it seems it, like. it's pretty much a unifier. Most people unified. Yeah. yeah unifier. Right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And you know, most of the Vietnamese don't speak English. They're older people, you know. Uh, so, but, you know, when you, they're friendly, they're helpful, they're kind. Um, they're always bowing when, you know, I, you know, pass by, they, they know who I am kind of thing. What, what, you know? what, what is your reputation to that community? What did they think of you, Dan? <laughs> what did they think of you? Well, they don't know the real me, so I guess that's it, true. They, sure. <laughs> um, they they're very respectful, kind of. You know, they they've continuously uh, brought brought offerings to Lou and I uh, so regularly that we can't eat this stuff. We we have to give it to other people, and and uh, because there's just the volume is too high, but occasionally on a special occasion, you know, they'll, they'll uh, bring over a, a bottle of Chardonnay, a box of chocolates, uh, oranges, apples. Uh, and then the, the thing that um, is just super good are uh, spring rolls, hot, hot spring wow. rolls that Vina used to cook just before they're delivered to our house, you know, uh, but with the COVID stuff, uh, we've kind of backed off on eating other people's food. Yeah. So that's, but we give them to the neighbors who don't care about that. Right. And, and, <laughs> and so everybody's happy, you know, uh, wow. it's really, really sweet of them doing it. But um, we've, I finally got Vina and Henry to understand that we appreciate what they're doing, but they don't have to give anything to us. Right. And so, so is it, did they revere you? What's the, what is it that you were the receiver of the inspiration for Buddha come through? What's the, what do you think the link for them is for you? Like who you are, it's that you, you must've had some kind of um, I, illumination to have that idea, you and Lou or what? 
I, I would, I, I guess, I mean, I have no clue. Okay. Yeah. Except, you know, they, they think it's, you know, if there's ever any trouble, they contact me, you know, like I'm the, the, the English speaker, <laughs> I guess, right. you know, uh, and it's still true, you know, even though they're, they're in Florida, if when we're having some kind of an issue with, I can't even remember what it is now, but some minor thing, his sister came over and I, and, and they tried to talk to me on the phone, which is right. <laughs> you know, Forget it. Like, yeah. Come on. Um, but we, we worked through it, you know, cause I, I'm really good with, um, um, sign language type stuff and getting points across and stuff. So, and so are they, so it all works out, you know, but I, I, yeah. I hear so much reverence and appreciation and, uh, Amazing. All of, if you see pictures, I'm going to put, uh, you know, you did send some pictures. I'm going to put those pictures in the liner notes of oh, great. the different versions of the, what I'm calling these temples. Um, I, I actually think it's amazing that the city just kind of got quiet around it. Uh, I, I say good for Oakland on that one. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that makes, that gives me hope uh, in terms of things uh, de-escalating. And, and like you said, a positive force, a unifying force in Oakland, there's a lot of divisive energy. So I, that for me, that transformation, whenever I hear it, I just go quiet. And I still want there to be a children's book. I still keep thinking you and I have to create something. <laughs> there you go. I uh, do. Uh, yeah. Anything for you? Like, does it, um, I mean, you're, you're a pretty cynical guy in, in many ways. Uh, <laughs> what, so what do you true. think about, you know, uh, what do you think about just uh, kind of in closing about, you know, what it does in terms of, you know, I see that as a creative move when you have an idea like, Hey, what about what an lose thing about, what about putting a Buddha there? Like, it's a pretty simple idea given that you can, you know, drive a couple miles and get one at Ace Hardware. So it's, it's, it's within your realm, but still I'm thinking a pretty simple solution, but you really, you went with it. And the commitment to me, I, I think part of, I guess I just want to throw this in there is that you did make it unstealable to begin with. I mean, and not many people could have done that. I know you, you know how to put things into where they're not going to come out. So that could have been partly your gift. You know, the gods gave it to you because I think it's going to stay, man. So all of that, but what's your sense? Do you think that that's kind of, I mean, can you go global with that or what's your thought well, right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, Lou is, is so much more positive about the world than I am and much more spiritual. And I am a cynic about the whole thing. And the problem for me about this whole thing is that it kind of blows up my cynicism. <laughs> you know, it's not as strong anymore because I can always say, well, the Buddha thing worked, you know? So it's- Including it's, City Hall, <laughs> including <laughs> Oakland, the yeah. mayor, all <laughs> the way up. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is Maybe I should take a look at it a little bit differently. You know, <laughs> the, the world may not be as bad as all that at some level, at least. You know. God, thank you, Dan, for yeah. sharing this story. Absolutely, uh, thank you. We're gonna Julie. put. We're, you're welcome. We're gonna put the pictures and everything in the notes, as I said. And uh, I look forward to the next incarnation, what the next ten years brings with the Buddha on Eleventh on Eleventh Ave. Me too. Thanks, Ciao. Julie. Ciao. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my creativity and spirit online retreats. Experience for yourself the breakthroughs and support available when you engage your creative self in a safe and playful community. Begin here if you are ready to ignite your own transformational journey in a joyful way. 
You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching offerings on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.